Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Weaver, joined by Dominique Neely. Dominique, it's been a while, man. How's it? Seems like it's been a while. At least yeah, on, it's on, been a little on bit podca- on the podcast side. Yeah, it's been we, a little uh, bit. It's I'm back. I mean, we double recorded an episode, so that was two weeks worth. And I guess maybe that's it. Kyler and I recorded a segment earlier today on the freshman. Prep Hoops freshman camp that will come on here later after we we do our segment here we we're gonna do a recruiting update and then we got um, some big news last week out of Fort Wayne on the coaching scene. Yeah, we you, do. Yeah, we do, and you might be able to shed a little bit more light on that than most. Although I haven't seen anything written on it yet, so yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how much I want to say, but. Um, yeah. well, there are details that we haven't talked about. Uh, no, not that we haven't talked about. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't seen anything written out there. I haven't either. And it's nothing bad, right? There's nothing bad, yeah. right? No, there's nothing yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's what we talked about then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> good. I was hoping <laughs> that hadn't changed. No. Cause I got some, a little bit of news too, but it's not really news. It's just interesting stuff with it but let's go ahead and get up to date on the recruiting all i guess zach's not going to be here his parental duties trying to get the kids to bed how how is it they could play soccer but they can't go to bed <laughs> you'll never understand jim i know i'll never understand all right let's get going uh let's see cole hayworth these are all these next first group of seniors cole hayworth senior wing out of fort wayne concordia picked up an offer from hope he also uh, started to say he also picked up another offer, but he didn't. That's somebody else. Kyle Crawl, uh, Whitco, senior forward, picked up an offer from DePaul. Uh, Dylan Morans, forward from Garen Catholic, picked up an offer from Army. Uh, Tyler Parrish and Justin Sims, both of Chesterton, both seniors at Chesterton, picked up offers from Marion. Uh, Cedric Horton picked up a trio of offers. He picked up offers from the, the the wing out of Richmond. He's a junior. Picked up offers from Omaha, uh, which is uh, Nebraska extension. Uh, Kent State and Eastern Illinois. Damian King, a junior wing out of Anderson, picked up an offer from Western Carolina. Kellen Pickett, of course, favorite, podcast favorite. Uh Junior forward from uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne picked up an offer from – I'm sorry, junior forward from Blackhawk Kirsten picked up an offer from Purdue-Fort Wayne. Trey Singleton, a junior forward out of Jeffersonville, picked up a Western Carolina offer. And Western Carolina remained busy. Uh, aside from offering Damian King and Trey Singleton, they also offered Drew Snively, the guard out of Zionsville. Sophomores, Dijon Hall, picked up at now at Pike, picked up an offer from Illinois – and Stephen Reynolds from South Bend, Washington, another sophomore, picked up an offer from Mississippi State. Anything there stand out for you? 
Yeah, I think uh, Dylan Moran's going to to Army. Good to see. You know, like I said, we've talked about it before, but just seeing some of his games where it looks like maybe he left a bit, a little bit of meat on the bone. It seemed like sometimes where uh, looks, you know, he's really athletic, and but sometimes in the game it didn't translate all the way in the games that I've seen. But looks like he had a good, uh, good summer, and obviously, you know, he's picking up an, a D one offer from Army. I think did he pick up any other ones recently or over the summer? Let me check. But it just seems quick. like he's probably put a little bit more consistent. I did I did see him play this summer up at the running slam. Uh with he was with the what the Kyle Guy team, right? Right. Yeah. He's got offers yeah. from Huntington, Marion, and Trine. He picked all those up at up in June. Okay. Then he just got Army. So uh so yeah. I, you would assume he's being a little bit more consistent and improving. Well, so that's good. Coach Quiwert, their head coach there, used to be a Butler assistant, actually a two-time Butler assistant, uh, was was here in June. And he saw him in April, came up here for the Charlie Hughes event and and got a chance to follow Garen Catholic around a little bit. He he made it pretty clear then that he was going to offer Dylan. Um, I don't know um, what – transpires i mean army the, the the service academies are a little different than uh, than other division one schools um i don't i don't think it's tightly tied to any sort of appointment issues that normally go on for getting into the service academies each district each congressional district i think the way i don't know if it's still this or not but each congressional district would get two appointees or two nominations and those were people who typically will get in. I don't think it's tied to that. I think the athletics department is probably a little separate there. Um, and I don't know if there's other ways to get in, but but obviously people that non-athletes that do this are people who really truly want to go there and be, you know, be officers in, in the in the military. And and it's Quiwick was loved him and and made that pretty clear. And I don't know if there was, um, you know, certainly wanted to watch him more in July and, and see, you know, where that played out. But um, it's an offer straight into the school, too. It's not it – has it's not nothing to do with the prep school that the service academies have. And so he's – you know, it's an opportunity. I, Me personally, I would uh, – going into the service academies or, you know, it's a commitment. I've had two. I've had two kids that I've coached do it. One became a career officer, Matt Bell from Kokomo, um, or he stayed in beyond his commitment. I should say. He's, I don't think he's a career officer, but he definitely stayed in beyond his his commitment, uh, his required commitment. And then Johnny, and ironically, Matt Bell now I think lives in. Had, last time we talked, which was last year, lived in Bloomington, and ironically, Johnny Jager, another kid who went there. Um, just had a lot of injuries and I think he was he got out after his before he had to fully commit to service time because he wasn't able to continue playing athletically. So you know it's it's um it's a tremendous opportunity. It's it sets you up for life. Um without question it sets you up for life. Uh it's just that commitment level after you graduate is pretty daunting. And um People who are my age, um, who follow basketball closely, remember all the David Robinson talk that went on and 
and his commitment level to Navy um, and how that was shortened and why it was shortened, mostly due to the fact that he was seven foot one and not too many seven foot one people fit on um, boats, you know, <laughs> submarines. So he was basically given a desk job for two years and they said, you know what, go, go be a representative of the, uh, of the Navy. And he did that well, but um, I think there's some reasons to do it. If you're not athlete, if you're not athlete, there's reasons to do it. There's reasons not to do it. Um, but I'm soft as hell, so the thought of voluntarily joining the military is is uh, really far down the list of things to do. But <laughs> but it is it, it. You cannot speak. It'd be like it's like it's the, the opportunity. And the resume builder is is not a whole lot. It'd be like choosing Wabash and DePaul over an NAI school. You know, had kids do that. Logan White played for me from Avon, had a chance to scholarship offers from NAI schools. and But he went to Wabash because he knew that that was much better academically, much better for his future, um, yeah. at least with what he wanted to do. And, you know, sometimes you make those decisions and, you know, I think it's paying off for him. And I think this is an opportunity for Dylan too, depending on what other offers he gets. I mean, this is going to set him up for life if he, if he, you know, handles it well, but, um, you know, nonetheless, it's still an opportunity to play college basketball and get your education paid for. Sure. I think another one that stands out is uh, Kellen Pickett. I know coach Roth talked about, you know, these offers going to be coming and, and, you know, there hasn't been a ton of them. It's only a second one, but, you know, I think, yeah, the, you know, this is just, this is just the start for him. You know, it's going to, it's going to start taking off sooner rather than later, but, you know, at least good to see him get another offer. Has it though? Um, he need he well, needs more. This is silly, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I, it's, I think we're past the sooner part. The way he played in the state tournament, the way he played in the state finals. I mean, you watched more of their streams in April and the EYBL events than I did. Is there something that – is there a disconnect there as to why he's not gotten more? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what that reason is. I'm not sure. I think, I think Coach Roth even iterated that. Not too sure. Um, But I, that was – the 16s were one team that I didn't watch a ton of on the streams. I did see him play a couple times in person, but every time I see him play in person was, I mean, he, I saw him play against uh, the kid for Indiana elite from Kentucky, Malachi, is it Marino? Marino. Yeah. And, you know, he was right with him. You know, obviously Marino's got about three inches on him or so, but he was, you know, played right with Marino down low and made it tough for him, affected some of his shots. He got to play against, you know, one of the best players in the country in Cooper Flag, he matched up against him this summer in the EYBL. So how'd that go? Um, I mean, I, I think Cooper definitely I mean, yeah. won the battle. Yeah, not too many people have done well against Cooper Flag. Yeah, I think he definitely <laughs> so, won the battle. But I, I can remember, I can remember a couple plays in the first half that you know Pickett did did his thing a little bit too. Because um, I watched that stuff. I I started watching Maine play. Yeah. Um, and then what was it that was on? Oh, it was the ESPN. And then, and then they also yeah. had the games on ESPN against uh, Boozer's kid. Yeah, Boozer's yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, 
I watched a lot of that stuff because I was definitely interested in Cooper Flag, but yeah. I mean, look, Pickett shut down Joey Hart, which is something you referred to before we started recording. Right. Um, so he proved he can guard the perimeter. I'm not saying he can guard everybody in the perimeter, but, you know, he proved he could guard the perimeter. He's he's a solid rim protector. I mean, he's not going to be your primary rim protector in college, uh, but but he definitely proved he could, he's valuable there. Uh, we we both have seen him shoot the ball really well. We both have seen him put the ball on the floor. I mean, the sky is. Uh, I mean, I don't know that. I, I guess I started to say the sky's the limit. I don't know that the sky's the limit, but offensively, I think the sky's the limit. You know, I think defensively he settles into. He's going to be able to guard his position. He's going to be able to guard fours, and and be a secondary rim protector. I I just don't understand. You know, I, I hate to disparage other kids in that class, but there's guys with more offers that, at least based on our projection, and I probably have him a little higher than what you you guys do, right? With you, Kyler, and Zach. I mean, we've talked about this, right? I mean, we have talked about this. Where do you uh, have am him? I not? I I have him third in the class. Yeah, well, that was a, that was a class than... that included Jalen Harrelson, so. So now you have him second? Uh, yeah. I don't know why not. I haven't seen anything change my mind. Yeah, I'd say that's probably higher than I, I would have him. But, but yeah, he's definitely in the top, you know, probably top three or four. You know, and if you want to but, tell me that Braylon Mullins took a leap, I'm not talking about the guys that are getting high major offers. I'm talking about guys that are getting mid and low major offers that have more offers than he is. There, to me, there's just this sometimes this disconnect that I, I I question a lot of assistant coaches and what the hell they're doing sometimes because they're the ones that are making the initial reads and they're the ones going back saying we need to offer this kid or, or you know or 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 they or you know at worst they probably just don't bring a kid up at all but I mean he's really damn good this is. I don't, I don't need to say it any other way. Uh, I don't know if it's the, you know, playing at Blackhawk, you know, two-way school, smaller school. Obviously, they play a good schedule, but, you know, they kind of get lost in the shuffle there maybe, being at a smaller school. I don't know. I mean, it's a school that produced Caleb first, so. Yeah. It's a school that plays a good schedule. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but it's not like they're playing – the the you know it's not like they're playing a one a 1A schedule, right? Playing good schedule or two a schedule, whatever the heck they are now. Two a, sorry. Yeah. Uh, my favorite offer of the week is Drew Snively, Zionsville. Th- this kid is, I mean, he could be a little. In, he was a little inconsistent during the year, but he also could also be the kid that hit big shots. He was came up some outstanding shots against Kokomo when they beat him. And, I mean, by far, um, Rickhart was the, the key to that win, the way he played against Badunga. But Snively in the first half hit a couple of daggers and, and really opened the game, you know, really opened the floor up and made it harder for, you know, any of those 
little guards from Kokomo to collapse. You know, and and I don't know that I I don't know that I saw him getting D one offer this early. This is we're having Zach on board. We could talk about Coach Lightfoot again. Here's a, here's an assistant <laughs> with Indiana ties, uh, targeting Indiana kids, and I think that the, the three kids that they've offered this week are all kids. I think Singleton of the three is the surest thing. Um. But I like King and Damian King from Anderson and what he can be. Um, especially if he can be more of a two. Um, I, I say that in a way that I'm a little unsure that that's like, you know, just being a better shooter, being a better decision maker. You know, and not that you can't be a secondary playmaker as a three. It, you know, and you can have the conversation that twos and threes are a lot of times the same player or the potential to be the same player. Um, and then Snively's just kind of the kid who can just stand outside and bang down shots all day. And I think he's also a pretty good, pretty willing defender. And uh, between him and McGuire and Mitchell, both those guys are going to get a big chance to step up at Zionsville this year. And we're going to – Kyler and I are going to talk later about one of their freshman guards – who made an impression this past weekend and who reminds me a lot of Logan Imes. Um, now, if he can keep growing like Logan did, end up being about 6'4", that'd be nice. But he's kind of a similar player at that age. Um, but I, I like the Snively offer. I like all three of those offers Western Carolina made. See, that's, hey, that's a... a- Sorry, with, with Cedric Horton and Damian King, I keep getting those guys confused. Which one played for, for George Hill? King. King, okay. Horton's much thinner. Who did he play for in the AU? Um, Teague. Okay, that's right. Well, okay. I think he's with Indy Heat now. That's right. For some reason, I keep getting them mixed up. I don't know if it's – in the same conference or what same grade getting some 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 of the same offers or something I don't know why I keep getting them mixed up but I I have seen King play um King's much thicker I, much much more physically yeah. mature yep I've seen that okay and then the two you know two sophomores now getting the high major offers which are expected there with Dejon Hall and Stephen Reynolds um I think those those will continue to come for those guys it looks I, I feel like Dejon Hall's gotten bigger. I've grown a little bit since you hope. Yeah. I feel uh, like they, he has, but I don't know. They, they say they have, they, they're saying he has, I don't know. I, I mean, him, he says it's listed at six, four. I don't know that I think that I seen him walking around at, at Charlie Hughes and was like, man, okay. I didn't know he was that big. I thought he was like six, two, but he definitely looked. I think he know, looked six, four there. It, it seemed like it. But I mean, I he saw him the, was bigger than I thought. I saw him at, at the um, Thursday stuff. The yeah, the well, the Tuesday Leech. actually. Yeah, the no, 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 the Tuesday stuff. The the league, the the Pacers athletic, the Grand Park League in June. Oh, you're saying in June? Okay. Have you went to some of those the Tony Leach stuff on Thursdays? I, yeah, I saw him. I I went the first week. Went the okay. first week. 
had could not go to the second week, had planned on going the final week, and then something changed personally. So yeah. Um but I yeah, I don't I'm not there on Hall yet from a high major perspective. I think he's definitely a division one kid. It's not, it's not the issue. Um, I just got to watch him more. I'm not as convinced yeah. as, as I am saying Reynolds. Yeah. Um, you know, and Reynolds was one of the Thursday things too, with, with Tony Leach's stuff. And um, I think that was something Kyler and I talked about. Were you, Kyler and I talked about it, I think, at one point. Okay. Um, Reynolds didn't shoot the ball well that that Thursday that I watched. Not as well as I've seen him shoot it, but the decision-making is just there. He's just – he doesn't really force much. And that's that's intriguing. Um, he, He doesn't pass up shots, but he's not a gunner. Yeah. Even in that environment. And I think some of that frustrated him because other people, of course, were. It was not a great, good, good, fun to watch, not a great situation to evaluate talent. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, I mean, they have coaches, they're adult, but the teams rotate, the coaches just stay there. There's no, I mean, I've, you know, there's, there's not much um, interaction between coach and player. Right. But, you know, the first week, it's it would be hard to do that anyway. This, but the second, third week, and again, the, compared to the fall league, when you got each team has its own coach, it's not every week. It, it, there's a little bit of familiarity you start to build and, and you, you start doing, you know, you start doing things as a coach. Well, Kyler could attest for that because he, I sort of forced him into taking a team, and by the end of it, he ended up loving it. You know, when's that starting up, Jim? A couple weeks, month? O- October eighth. Okay. October eighth is the uh, first week, so two months. Okay. Labor Day is usually when things start to heat up. As far as registrations, it's pretty funny. Um, at 23 yesterday, I know that's not Labor Day, but today's Labor Day. But 23 right. yesterday, and we we had like another 13 or 14 more today. It's like, geez. <laughs> well, one one year, the first year was really like really grew. Like I think this was around 2014 when it really jumped. Um, I went down to Evansville for the weekend before before it was closed before the open registration was closed had 96 in one weekend. Jeez. And I was like, Oh my God, I was, I, I didn't have enough jerseys. This was back when it was all individual entries and I was providing all the jerseys. So thank God, my, my guys at pace setters sports and Terre Haute, (laughs) Brad Compton was, or Brent Compton um, was able to come through for me. He, they screwed up a set of uniform, a set of jerseys and two days. And then when I got them, like I picked them up on Tuesday by Friday, I got the new, the, the redos, not the whole run, but just 
like a set of like, I don't know, 30 jerseys, something like that. I ordered a hundred extra and 30 of them were screwed up and, uh, mostly do with mostly to do with sizing. So I'm not sure what happened there, but then three days later, we got those jerseys back and it was pace center sports is outstanding. So shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to them. A little free, little free pub. All right. So Byron Pinkins all of a sudden puts out on Twitter that he's leaving Fort Wayne Wayne and moving to Indianapolis. He cited family reasons and those family reasons are. Uh, his, you know, not, not hundred percent confirmed, but I heard from a couple people that his wife is a news anchor. Um, so I'm assuming got a job in Indy and yeah, headed down there. I'm sure he won't, if he's you know looking to get on a staff, I'm sure it won't be too hard for him. Well, that was my news was that two coaching staffs reached out to me to see if I had his phone number and I sent him his phone number. So, yeah. So he's going to have some opportunities. I don't know what side of town he plans on living on. I guess we could probably text him, but I was a little surprised that he couldn't, couldn't, it's probably the wrong word that he, that he wouldn't have just figured out a way to make it work and stay there one more year. It's tough when you have other things going on. It is, but I like Fonzo White, for example. Yeah, Westfield, at, uh, Lures. Yeah, he was the head coach at Lures for how many years? Four, and he still lived down here. Yeah, I think I think it's case by case, right? I don't think. I oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah, each family no, is different. Is different. So, but this but yeah, is sort I, of a this is a once in a generation team there at Wayne. Yeah. Absolutely, and a couple. I've had a couple, actually, a lot of texts this week about it, and uh, they kept saying, "Well, the transfer portal will be open," but I don't know. I, I think definitely uh, for this year, you know, those guys are going to band together and run it back. You know, they went from like four wins to twenty-two and four, something like that, and everyone pretty much back. Adding in a transfer from Concordia that will start for them. So yeah, they. I mean, they're going to be hungry to. To, to run it back. You know, they got to semi-state last year, lost to uh, Kokomo. But, you know, obviously they're – you know, I've seen some stuff on social media. They're obviously, they're heartbroken and wish the coach would be there. But but I think they're going to band together and, you know, obviously run it back. But obviously in Fort Wayne we've talked about it. You know, a lot of the talent can go to one school with the school right. choice. So you would assume, depending on who they get in there, you would assume that moving forward – Wayne might not get some of those guys because I know a couple of those kids, the key kids are Snyder kids, you know, through middle school. So uh, you would assume Wayne might not be getting a lot of the talent again, maybe, you know, just depends who they get in there. Any insight as to what, how they're going to handle that process? Uh, No, I did have a guy text me and, you know, see what, what I thought who would be in there. I, I just didn't have any idea. I don't know. Um, obviously they got some assistance there that have been in the system, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, I mean, what workouts start tomorrow, um, open gyms and stuff like that. That's when they're able to start up here after Labor Day. So it's last week, actually. Was it last week? Yeah. Or yeah, that's when they were allowed to. It's based on week. It's based on week number, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 
you're right on it. I mean, there are a lot of that stuff, and 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 probably some schools do wait till after Labor Day, but I know there were schools doing it last week. Yeah, and I I did talk I did talk to Pickens. I uh, texted with them a little bit, and just I didn't want to get into it or anything. I just wished them the best of luck and always got my support. I know he's been good with you know getting back and forth with me this summer on when they play here in Fort Wayne and a couple of who their guys are that I watched and didn't know that who they were. And I just know he was really excited. Every time I spoke to him, man, he had a huge smile on his face, ready for the season. Um, so obviously it kind of was probably, a, I don't know, about unexpected or kind of last minute there. But well, I just wish the best of luck for him, him and his family, whatever happens there in Indy, if he gets on the staff or whatever he's doing. I, I guess being a, in the news, news business is probably a lot like being a college coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up one day and be fired. You wake up one day and get another job, and boom, right. you're on the move. Yeah. I mean, I think Luke Gore spent – I'm spitballing here, but he spent, what, 20 years at Valpo through two different – you know, Homer Drew, Bryce Drew, and a new coach comes in, and two new coaches – you know, and then all of a sudden he's gone. He goes to Wichita State, and then – Boom! Now is it Clemson? Princeton, me. Princeton. That's right. I knew there was a on at the end. Yeah, yeah Prince, Princeton. Yeah, and they're orange a little. So yeah, they're both orange. Yeah. See, you know, he's so I. That's uh, and honestly, that's one reason why I didn't want to go in it. Now my opportunities didn't come until my late twenties, and by then I was pretty well entrenched. That eh, I'm good. Um. You know, just kind of set my ways as far as at least where I live and how I live by that point. Um, but I I just, I don't know. I wouldn't feel bad for him just missing the opportunity to fall through on this. Uh, yeah. Especially as, as you note, as you noted, they've got a lot of, you know, all their guys, most of their guys are back. Well, he noted it. We, you know, we had him on. Yeah. He's done an outstanding job. Let's just, I mean, let's, you know. It's too bad he can't see it through. So, I think my guy Anthony Brewer, my guy, I, I hate that. I think Anthony Brewer would do a really good job. That's what I mentioned in my text. I was like, I know he's on the staff. Yeah, he would be. He's a very good. He's a does a very good job in the summers. I know he's passionate about the game. Um, they they, they wouldn't go wrong there. They definitely would maintain whatever level of work ethic they had playing for Coach Pickens. Pickens, Pickens, Pickens. Why do I do that? Because I know Brian Pickens from Pickens from Pike, and now we got Byron Pickens. Yep. Gosh, four and eighteen to twenty-one and five. I'd say that's a jump. Uh, I'd say so. Yeah. Do we have anything else that we wanted to talk about? We, I mean, we really didn't. If it hadn't have been for Coach Coach Pickens taking a new job, we probably would have just – I would probably would have just lapped on, lapped on a recruiting <laughs> update with the with our freshman talk with Kyler that's going to be here coming up pretty soon. But We did want to – we want to mention there – I don't think we mentioned it – that Peyton Baird committed to Bethel. Oh, shoot. That's right. I, I did skip over the commits. Hold on a second. Yes. 
I think there's Peyton only Bear. one. Yeah, that was the only one. Yeah, my fault. Tag on it. Peyton Baird, yeah, committed the Bethel. My fault, Peyton. <laughs> my fault, Coach Daniel. Can't forget AD, that. AD, don't hate me. Yeah, I thought he had a pretty good summer going back. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought he he showed a little bit of more. He showed a little bit on the perimeter. I had never seen him play until the spring. Zach liked yeah. him. I hadn't seen him till then either. But I think he showed more on the perimeter than what Zach had even seen or had even seen up to that point. They're going to have a good year um, up, up, up there in South Bend in that region. And, you know, in 4A, I think they'll – they got some guys back. I think they'll, you know, they'll be pretty competitive, really competitive in that area for sure. So with nothing else, we had nothing. We couldn't think of anything else, huh? No, I don't think so. I mean, man, it's it's, it's a great week, man. We had college football, you know, Labor Day, Thursday. You know, it's the weather's NFL's been. Yeah, Thursday. It's hotter crap down here, though. Well, what I was saying is the weather's been sucky with this hot, sticky weather. But as soon as Thursday hits, the NFL starts, we get 70s weather again. So that's 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 great. You know, right into the right into the weekend and Saturday college football, Saturday NFL Sunday. So I had to turn my basketball brain on for this little segment because I was fully into (laughs) football mode. Man, I got to admit, Kyler and I open up open up his segment with talking about IU football <laughs> and how good, how good we thought their defense was. Yeah. Um, of course, Purdue always figures out a way to shoot themselves in the foot. I, I look, I am the least sincere college football fan ever. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I want Indiana to do well, of course. Um, I grew up uh, a uh, reversible jacket fan iu basketball fan notre dame football fan yeah um but you know that's just the way it goes i mean i didn't have any but i get a kick out of how excited iu and purdue fans get about football only to have them fall flat on their face and purdue fans going out losing to fresno state i have no clue how good fresno state is i think one of their former Assistance is the head coach there at Fresno State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I could be completely wrong on that. I don't know, but I think I remember hearing that. Um, talking like Purdue might be the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten, and nah, he <laughs> get beat by Fresno State. Saturday, Saturday is like a sacrificial day now for me, Jim. I, I've, I've always been NFL number one for sure. I've always enjoyed college football, but yeah. Having a you know a family and a house to keep up, like Sunday is going to be one p.m. to eleven p.m. Oh yeah, football straight oh, yeah. NFL. Can I really do that two days in a row with college? No, oh, no, you can't. So, no, so college is like a sacrificial day. I have to pick and choose and watch some of the games and kind of be in and out. But Sunday is straight all the way through. Uh, there's a kid. I say he's a kid. He's now a, a parent of a, of a freshman in high school who. He lives in Carmel. Kid goes to Carmel, plays football, and he's like, "Hey, man, it'd be great if you, you know, invite you to the football game. Come over, we can hang out and talk, get caught up." I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> I spent, and I told him why. I go, "I spent yeah. enough times." I said, "I'll, I'll see you at basketball court somewhere. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up then." I, I'm not going to high school football games. Um, 
I tried to venture into a caramel game for my for homecoming, my the year of our thirtieth reunion, and the line was too long. I went home, and uh, just saw everybody. I didn't go home. I saw everybody after the game. Yeah, at a local establishment, but uh, and then our reunion the next night. But yeah, I'm I'm the same with you. I, mean, I don't have the same family commitments you do, but I I do have social commitments. I do have friends that I like to you know see yeah. every once in a while. So. Um. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time at high school football games because, or and I don't spend. And college football is not must see TV for me. Yeah, I I agree. Outside of the fall league, the NFL is. So yeah, absolutely. I have ventured in. I will venture into a couple high school football games because I don't really, I don't go to as many games as you. You know, basketball. Um, yeah, during the season, yeah, yeah, but I'll venture in. I ventured into one already. Um, I'll venture into one more probably this Friday, but that usually I'm about two games a year for the football season. Yeah, the it's you just pick your battles, I guess. Yeah, um, I just always have a hard time thinking, yeah, I'm gonna go to a football game Friday night when I spend 90 to 100 nights a week watching high school basketball not and that's just school season right um 90 to 100 nights a, a season not a week that would be a long week <laughs> that would be a long week it would be a very Maybe. long week uh quickly i i mentioned it in our in our slack channel um this will be the last thing i guess the conference realignment most notably the Big Ten, of course. This is change your change your brain, college basketball now. <sighs> how do you think that's do you have any any thoughts on how that might impact recruiting? Positively or negatively? Yeah, I, I remember you mentioned that and man. Nothing really came to mind is I really didn't process. I really didn't think about it, to be honest. But you're just saying like the some of the USC and them coming into the Big Ten. Yeah, I I think I look at it like this. So there's a there's a topic on John Harrell's website talking about conference change rumors. And of course, the NCC, which is, of course, a glory, you know, outstanding, legendary basketball conference in the state of Indiana is really struggling and they're struggling to keep teams. Uh, they're on the verge of something there, you know, they could be obliterated here. If things don't go right in the next few months, I assume, um, you know, and somebody was making suggestions about how big it should be. And somebody suggested like a, a 16 team conference and have an East and a West. And I'm like, well, that's silly. That would just be two conferences, you know, the, the conferences, are about regional affiliation conferences are about at the high school level of, are about school sizes, you know, and wanting to play like minded opponents or, you know, similar opponents, maybe even demographically, um, you know, and I do mean that in terms of possible, you know, community makeup, you know, size, of the community size, of the school, maybe even diversity makeup, you know, I mean, like, just, you, know, you know, the North Central Conference are all old school, functional, full-blown functional cities, you know, that relied heavily on, you know, on manufacturing, 
facilities. Right. And, and I don't want to go too, too far down that rabbit hole as far as why that's crumbled and the problems it's caused. But, um, you know, they're basically down to five teams now. Is it, or is it six? They're down to five or six teams now. And, you know, but when you look at it from a college perspective, college conferences were always about being regionally based, making it, you know, making it, um, you know, if you committed to the Big Ten, you knew all of your games were going to be a drive away. You know, your road games were going to be a drive away. It's no different than joining the MAC, joining the Missouri Valley. You know, you you knew you were getting some stability there in terms of where all of your games were going to be. And, you know, kids make that decision based on family, things like that. And now it's just all changed. Now TV has changed this. And the Big Ten was the big bully pulpit in the room here where where they're the ones that that really solve the equation for how to make a ton of money off of media rights with the Big Ten Network. And that's why they're so attractive to, you know, to USC, to, you know, UCLA, to now, you know, Washington and or, uh, or who was the other one? Oregon. It's Oregon. Uh, Oregon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's about TV markets. But what gets lost is, and maybe with so many games on TV, it doesn't matter, but what gets lost is, is that, you know, you went to a Big Ten school, or if you lived out in the West Coast, you went to a Pac-12, a Pac-10 school. You know, you went to a Big 12 school, or back in my day, a Southwest Conference school. Do you remember the Southwest Conference? No. Yeah. Nope. I mean, you went to those schools because you knew all of your games, maybe minus a couple, were going to be close to home. Mom and dad could come. And I think we're losing that. Um, so that's where I was going with that. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. If you, no, I mean, I threw it out there. I didn't really say we were definitely going to talk about it, but yeah, I, I think it's just it's going to be like, especially with college football, it's going to be two comp, two main conferences now. You know, uh, Big Ten and SEC, um, and it, it's going to create. I think it'll create more excitement on the football side as well because you can, you know, different, you know, you're now you're playing into the West Coast. So if you live on the West Coast, you know, you can have games set up all day. You know, big, you know, uh, you can have like an Ohio State USC matchup, which you know doesn't does definitely doesn't happen every year. Or Michigan and Oregon, or just some of these uh, right. matchups that definitely don't happen. You know, without the, obviously the realignment, but yeah, I think it's it's going to create excitement. I I feel like, um, and you know, with the different matchups, and then like I said, it's going to be pretty much SEC and and Big Ten at this point. You know, huge conferences, a lot of great, really good teams, and things like that. I think some of the other was it the some other conferences are I don't know, isn't the I think the Pac twelve will be down to like four teams or something like that. They are now. What, yeah, they're they're done. No, they're I would think they're done. I mean. Stanford and, and Cal, I think, just joined the ACC. Yeah, along so, with uh, along with SMU, Camford and Style gave uh, Canford and Style, Stanford and Cal <laughs> <laughs> gave uh, 
gave up seven or gave up. Hold on. They gave up full media rights, full media rights for seven years to get in. Um, which means I think they, they only get 70% of what the other teams are getting paid. SMU gave it up fully for nine years. So they are going to get zero TV money for nine years. Mm. So this is about survival. This conference stuff at, at the college level. I, and I'm just curious how it impacts. I mean, I guess if everybody changes, then it doesn't really impact anything. Right? Right. I mean, if it's if it's all just potluck and you know who there is no more regional affiliation between conferences. You know, the ACC, the, the course the joke in the Big Ten is no longer the Big Ten. You know, it's the Big 18. Right. You know, branding still what it is. I don't think they're going to get rid of the Big Ten anytime soon. You know, the ACC is no longer schools along the Atlantic coast. Um, Butler, Creighton, Xavier are in the Big East. They're probably the smartest ones because the, the, that's the, that's a conference where basketball drives everything versus these other ones where football drives everything. It's just too bad we couldn't figure out a way to keep the basketball stuff separate, or or let's say it this way: it's just, it's on because you don't have to be in the same conference for either for any sport. I mean, Notre Dame, for example, yeah, is is in the ACC for basketball, but they're independent of football. I don't. It's too bad right. we couldn't have just like. Yeah, let's let football go do their own thing. And let's keep let's figure out a way to keep basketball the way they you know the way it used to be. Yeah, well, uh, all I can say is hey, things change, adapt with the change, and don't be blockbuster. <laughs> and don't be yeah, don't be blockbuster. Yeah, that's right. Um well, right now the Pac Ten is blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, their commissioner screwed things up pretty well there with their their TV deals. And that's and that's really what that was all about. Is it, this is all about TV money and all about all about keeping up and, and being competitive financially. And uh, it's just it's it's weird. It's I'm I'm lucky that I like a sport where there's more opportunities to play everybody. Football, there's no way they're going to be able to play everybody. Yeah, and I think some of that I think that gets lost. I do think that gets lost, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a huge college football fan, so I watched the first half of the IU game the other day, and then I went out looking for, went to Lowe's and Rockler and Home Depot, looking for woodworking stuff. So there we go. All right, anything else? I think that's it for me. I think we've we've exhausted it. We even stretched that a little bit. All right, man. Well, good. So everybody listening, stay tuned. Kyler and I are Kyler's going to join me. We've already recorded this earlier today. We're going to talk about the freshman camp. Dominique, appreciate your time. We'll we'll get back to we get we we got to figure out how what we're going to do when we're going to start like our ramping up to the season. Hot um, takes pod. We're going to change that up a little bit this year, but that that's that one's that's the one we do before the season starts. Right. Remember Zach's last favorite. year? Yeah, Zach's favorite. Remember last year we recorded like 
seemed like we, we recorded something every day for the, for the previews week. and stuff. Yeah, like, the previews, uh, yeah. and then we did our normal our normal weekly pod, which is the hot takes pod. This year, I think we're going to try to add some categories to it. So we'll subtract. We'll subtract. Maybe maybe not have everybody have three hot takes. We'll have some categories in there, some quick hits, and I'll we'll have and I'll send them to you beforehand. We'll have some fun with it. So cool. All right, man. We'll talk later. Yeah, we'll see you. All right, Kyler Staley's joining joining me now. We are sort of recording this stuff out of sequence this week. Uh, there won't be the four of us together. I'm not even sure yet if we're going to have another segment as we're recording this. This is Monday afternoon. Um, I think we just listened to a recruiting update earlier that I'll cobble together later if uh, Zach and Tyler don't come on. But Kyler, how are things going? Good, just uh, you know, kind of recovering from the long weekend. Um, it was good, much needed break. Um, did did cover the Indiana football game on Saturday, so um, that was good for our Illustrated uh, dot com website. Um, other than that, I mean, just continuing the grind and everything. It's a busy, busy time of the year for me. Did there? De- I didn't get. A, I get. Did not get a chance to watch the second half of the football game. The the first half, their defense. I use defense was outside of the first possession was was pretty pretty impressive yeah they uh i mean it just came down they made up they made a couple plays a couple really big plays at the start of the second half um it just came down to them being gassed they were on the field for way way too long and you know indiana's offense was just never you know on the field for a good sustainable amount of time um which just ended up you know you know, it comes down to indiana versus ohio state and ohio state has the better talent so they're yeah. going to take advantage of Indiana's defense being gassed, but you know, I think they showed some positive things. Um, looks like there is going to be some improvement from you know the last two years. So you just got to hope that they uh you know start kind of putting it together, especially on the offensive end. Really good up the middle defensively. I'm not oh, sure yeah. how they handled all the horses that Ohio State has. I don't know the personnel that well, but I understand how the game's played and what what was working, what wasn't. They were they did a horrible job in the first possession of containing the edge. And they got beat wide several times, including the final, including the touchdown run. Um, but up the middle, they were good, The at least from what I could tell, the entire game. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to uh, you got Aaron Casey, who's been there for a while. Then you've also got their big transfer pickup, um, Andre Carter, um, who's an absolute stud. So um, where, I really like the, from. Oh, is it Western Michigan? That sounds right. Um yeah. It's a Western, it's some Western something. I think it's Western Michigan, but um, yeah, great, great. He was one of the top, you know, transfer pickups um, in the country. So, and he's been a stud since he stepped foot on campus. So I really like the defense. I, I think th- they still got a little bit of questions in their secondary. They're young, a lot of sophomores, a lot of redshirt freshmen, but Indiana's defense is going to keep them in a lot of games this year. It all just comes down to the offensive end at this point. Yeah, I was reading some stuff today about how they were, the, the play calling was specifically conservative very yep um more so due to who they were playing than what they felt like the abilities of their quarterbacks were i guess i somewhere along the way that's there's got to be a little bit of overlap between those two concepts um i i, I thought Taven jackson was the better of the two what, what, did that hold out in the second half i, um, I heard it. i listened to it i got a chance to listen to fish so but the problem not is- watch it 
the problem is with Indiana being conservative and stuff that you didn't really get a whole lot to show Taven throwing it down the field or something like that. And the times that he did um, was just very like inconsistent. I mean, I think he, he went one of five um, Soresby technically from a stat standpoint and just overall performance played better. Um, but I think Taven has got the bigger upside. Um, yeah. So you're going to see week two, they will start Taven Jackson. Um, and then week three, when they play Louisville at Lucas Oil Stadium, you'll start to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback long term. Um, but Tom Allen wanted to use both of these guys yeah. and just kind of rotate them the first two weeks to see who who's the better one. So I I thought he was more still in the part in the pocket, yeah, not not stationary, but also looked like Sornsby had a little bit of happy feet. Yeah. Um, a little bit of jitters. I mean, they both had a little jitters. Yeah, um, and, the, and the first possession was probably. You know, the first possession ends up being the first impression, you know, at least for someone like me who doesn't know much about who they were coming in. I don't know. if I know Jackson obviously was a transfer from Tennessee, but I guarantee the only reason why I know that is because he's Trace's brother. Um, But at the same time, first time watching both guys play and it looked like it looked like Taven had a better presence in the pocket. It looks like he has a stronger arm. Yeah. Yeah. and it looks like he's going to be able. I don't know if he's going to be able to run out of that option stuff, out of the op, out of the Rippo stuff. But but um, all, at the same time, I know he's a good enough athlete to do it. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I think the offense when I, when Taven was in the game, um, I felt like they had a little bit more swagger to it and everything. There was a little bit more confidence with it. Um, Sorsby, I think, is a little bit more accurate thrower right now. Um, Taven still got to work on his accuracy when it comes to throw in the ball and especially his decision-making. But I think just because he's a more talented person, more athletic player, um, I think he's going to be the guy long-term, but you just never know. I think they'll still play them both, you know, every game, um, depending on the packages that they run. But um, depending on what happens when they play Indiana State this Friday, we'll uh, we'll kind of have a clearer picture of who's going to be the starting quarterback going into that Louisville game. Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? <laughs> that's that's a tough one for me yeah <laughs> you know what the best the best answer right now is i can give you as an unbiased journalist so uh-huh. yeah yeah I'll sure that i love it i love the fact that mallory's coming back um well the son of uh, indiana legendary coach mallory his son coaches right. in state football so i think that's a really cool um really cool thing so um ah, now I'll, that i knew yeah it's uh it's, it's, it's pretty cool uh, for him to be on the field and everything and return to Memorial Stadium and stuff. So um, I, I love it. I love when Indiana State and IU play each other in athletics. I'm hoping that they can play each other again in basketball. Um, so this, this, this Friday is pretty cool for me. It should be yearly, the basketball side of it, at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Many, hoping- many non-conference games as they play there. Should, they should be – Indiana should play Ball State and Indiana State, at least one of them every year. Right. A little rotation would be really, really cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hope. I mean, Woodson seems like the type of person that would understand that. Um, so I think he'll eventually work that in there. You be hanging out with the flying tomato. <laughs> I, uh, let's see. When did I hang out with, I saw him at the Indiana state camp, um, yeah. two weeks ago. So I yeah. saw him, we, uh, he came by the camp and everything. And, uh, um, you know, we got lunch and everything. So I think I'll see him not this weekend, but he's actually coming uh coming to Indy for the IU Louisville football game. So that'll be uh that'll be fun for us. So nice. Yeah. So let that be known. He won't go watch Indiana State play football, but he'll go watch Yeah, let it be known. His he's hometown 
his hometown, his hometownish, homish <laughs> town, homish town Cardinals. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Cor- whatever that is. We, we yeah, let him know that. Let him know Corden's not Louisville. Yeah, I mean we we do on a monthly basis. So yes, but, absolutely. Uh, he, he's a very stubborn person, so uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to uh, no hard really. To <laughs> All right, enough about football. Let's talk about the freshman camp. You guys uh, ran or had or covered. We both were there the whole day. Well, I was there the whole day. Didn't you leave early? Did you? How early did you leave? I got you all my a- I got I got all my evals done that I was responsible for, and then right. I think I left, I think I left like around seven o'clock, and I think it rained until eight. So uh, oh, I didn't. I so I didn't stay much. So you didn't leave much earlier than I did. Okay. No, yeah, I, no. I bolted at halftime of the of the final game. So. Because by then I was on a group of teams that I'd seen twice, so I could not worry about them. And then spent the last the last few minutes there watching two other teams that I hadn't had a chance to see yet. So not bad. They did a decent job with the rotation of schedule. We basically you could sit in one spot and see every team but two. Um, I gotta imagine there was a way to make it so you could see every team play at least once. Uh, but I don't know that they were thinking that way, but I know talking to Eric Gardner a little bit, he's like, man, we once we figured that out at the end, we tried to make it that, but it, it's tough to make changes on the fly, especially last minute. But um, it was still good to be able to just sit there and not have to worry about f- moving around and following kid, you know, following teams, and mm-hmm. just makes it a lot easier just to plop down that camping chair and and sit there and hold hold shop there for about f- how long were we there? Five hours, six hours? Oh yeah. We were there for a really long time. So, um, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's my favorite Prep Hoops event that we do mm-hmm. every year. Um, and I think it's honestly one of the best overall basketball events of the state yearly. Um, it's just a good chance for us to get, um, you know, get a new, I guess you say roster, you know, a new class in front of us and everything and see these kids for the very first time. And what I love about it is I get a base evaluation of the majority of the kids that are there. Um, that way, the next time I see him, you know, I know what to work my evaluation off of. You know, did he improve in this area? What's he doing new? What is what's he still struggling with? Um, I love it. And you do get a chance to see pretty much every single incoming freshman. There are some that just don't come or whatever. So you eventually see them down the road. But overall, I think it's a great, great event. And I encourage any, you know, parent of a middle schooler and everything that's coming up to be a freshman, you know, always try to get your kids signed up for this event. Um, if they're really focused on basketball, because us at Prep Hoops, I think we do a really good job of evaluating these kids. I pretty much agree with all that. Um, the guys do a great job with it. it. is It is by far my favorite camp of the the camp scene that happens around here. I always tell parents when they choose camps, uh, one thing I like about Prep Hoops stuff, you know, even that top two fifty one is at least you're being covered by people who are going to invest time in, in the rest of the, you know, in the kids, the rest of the year, you know, mm-hmm. some of these camps that, that you go to, or some of these camps that come to Indiana and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to necessarily say they're bad, but, but at the same time, they're, they're not, uh, when you see a camp come to, Indi- you know, come to an out of, like an out of state camp, come in and like, well, we're here, the phenom camp or whatever. Some of these camps are called, they're all some variation of that. Um, they're only here for the camp. They're right. never around to watch them play during the school season. They're they're rarely around to watch them play during AAU season. Um, you know, there's a lot of my guy ism that goes out there. My guy here, my guy there. 
but they're never they're never here. You know, you guys, you and and Ramsey, me, you know, Trevor, um, Eric Gardner when he's still out going to games. I know he's pulled back a little bit since his since his children have been born. Um, who have I not mentioned? Pat Wool, you know, Patrick Woolery down at uh, down at uh, southeast part of Indiana. I think I don't know where he specifically lives. Even you know, Logan uh, Greenwell. Southwest yep. side. Um Zach Tyler up up north. Like I Zach. Guy. Well, yeah, our guy. Yeah. Our, yeah, yeah, our guy, our guy. yeah. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> Zach and Dominique, of course, they go to games. Um, you know, these these people are invested in the state, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not just the people that it's not just us four that work here and do this and um, but it, you know, they're they're invested, and so that's why these I like this camp and that's why I like, that's why I support this stuff. And, and I, I would say shamelessly, you know, disclosure, fall leagues league. I run, it's the same thing. I think we do a good job of covering that. And then we're watching these guys play during the school year too. So we're, we're invested in their kids, at least from an evaluation standpoint, um, you know, and we're like you said, able to develop a baseline and, and progress our thoughts of them as they progress. Mm-hmm. So I did not get a chance to watch Cooper Zachary play in this event. Uh, I've seen him. He was on team. I didn't get the chance to see teams three and 13. So Cooper was on that team. Anybody, let's just start there. Um, were either one of those teams, teams you had to evaluate? So no, but um, I did go back and watch, um, just watch them just in my free time and stuff and really focused on Cooper Zachary. I mean, yeah. obviously he's, it goes to Fisher's Fisher's high school in case you aren't aware of him, you know, um, smaller guard, um, doesn't let his size, you know, slow him down for one second. Um, elite on ball defender, elite ball handler. Um, and he's just one of the best players coming into, you know, the class of 2027. Um, he's going to be really good, you know, by the time he becomes an upperclassman and stuff, just a lot, a lot of potential in the, his, him as a player. Two kids I already knew about on team three, Carter Crum from Park Heritage. Hayden Rogers, I think, is hold on, let me double check this. I think he's a Garen Catholic kid. And then on team 13, uh, of course, Cooper is at Fishers. Um he's the only guy on that team whose name I recognize. And again, this is our first chance to see all the most of these kids. Um yeah. Let's start out. Who wasn't there? Isaiah Hill wasn't there from Pike. Yeah, that was one. one, one there was one name. other. There was one other name that I thought. Somebody was it? Someone uh, uh, from one of the Evansville schools. Yeah, Jalen Mitchell wasn't there. He is. He is at uh, Evansville Wrights. No, Evansville Memorial. No, yeah, Evansville Wrights. Yeah. Yeah. And then Isaiah Hills from Pike. So those those are the two notable kids that that weren't there i'm sure we'll find out that there's some others yeah who went there that's what i should do is go back and should go back and look at that 2026 list and pluck some kids out of there and see who wasn't there's quite a few for sure i mean that's not really a podcast but because some of these kids aren't varsity contributors yet but but guys that we know a lot about or at least know a little bit about 
Right. And I had already seen Isaiah Hill um, a few times. This summer. So um, I, you know, me not being able to see him at the freshman showcase, not a big deal on my end. I'm sure it's the same with you and, you know, mm-hmm. Brandon Ramsey and all them, but um, Isaiah Hill, I mean, he is one of the top freshmen, uh, you know, coming in. I, I really like his potential um, as a post player and everything. I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. He's, he's got to get, I mean, obviously a lot of these kids have to get stronger, but yeah. Jalen Mitchell doesn't have to get stronger. <laughs> He's, no. he's already – I got a chance to watch him play Carmel at Purdue during their team camp in June, and he was impressive. I mean, obviously a lot of things that, uh, you know, you could really chalk up to just him being a freshman. Um, Just trying to bully his way through traffic a lot of times and that this wasn't, wasn't working, um, even in a setting like that. So there will be some growing pains for both those kids. I – Hill will probably get a majority of his minutes on JV this year. Um, probably will dress varsity, judging by the way he was used in June. Yep. And Mitchell will be a key contributor for rights. And is is he the? Would you say Would you say Jalen Mitchell is the best player right now in the twenty twenty seven class? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a great feel for how much bigger I think he's going to get. Um, so best player now, yes, best player later, we'll see. Got a we got one name here that's gonna throw out there eventually. Um, if we don't talk about it beforehand, it'll definitely be an answer to a question, uh, that I asked toward the end of this. But, uh, see, who were some other guys that really stood out to you? Um, let's see, I really liked uh, Jeremiah Bellamy, um, from North Central. Um, physical left-handed wing, strong with the ball, um, you know, can get to the paint. Um, he has the size to finish right now, which I think is pretty big, you know, at his age. Um, Derek Cross Jr., Bloomington North High School. Yeah. Um, really good shooter. Uh, was really impressed with his shooting ability. I mean, I think the one game that Brandon watched of his, he told me that he knocked down like four threes or something like that. You know, real shifty with the ball, create separation um as a ball handler and you know can finish at the rim at a solid rate right now too um a little under the radar kid i think nash sigmund um from decatur central he's probably the first player that really stood out to me um really good high q on both ends of the floor um he's not the biggest guard but he's a really good shooter and he works really well off the ball um has a real quick trigger high motor um you know just a, a guard that's willing to rebound too so um, you know, those are a few guys that stood out to me too. What what team was he on? He was the one kid that didn't have a anything with him. He was even, even on the initial list. Team five. That's what I got him written down as. Team five. Let's see. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let's reorganize these again. Team five. Uh I don't know what number he was. I do know he's on team five. Well, not yeah, not a lot of evaluation on that team. No. But no, I I've seen Bellamy play before. I like him. I um most of what he did, at least the game I saw, he did in the paint uh, off the drive. Um really impressed across this kid mm-hmm. with, with Derek's son. I thought he I thought he dribbled into shots. I thought they were good shots. Um you know he, he was act. You know he was a primary ball handler for his team, 
I think he moved it well when he didn't have a shot. Um, but yeah, I did not. And the other kid you said, I didn't, it's one of those things where nothing stood out in the game. They were in front of me. Right. Good or bad. It's always hit and miss. Always Good or bad. Miss. If there'd have been a bad, I would have tried to figure out who it, either way. I would have tried to figure <laughs> out who it was. Right. Cause sometimes there's just some names we, we, we don't have, we don't got to worry about. Um, <laughs> As bad as that may be, that's just the case. And um, yeah, Bellamy was good. I, I do think that uh, he'll have to show more out of the paint. I was super impressed with Cross. A um, couple guys. I know we both really like Blessed Thomas from Pike. Yeah. I, I think that's going to turn out to be a pretty good class for him. I think that him and Cash Daniels. Um, I don't know if you if you were there for that game, if you were sitting with me during that game, but but they went at each other against Cash Daniels. You're saying, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to see him, but he was. I know Brandon named him one of the top performers. Yeah, blessed or Cash, blessed. Uh, Cash, Cash, Cash. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't go wrong with either. No. It's funny, all those guards. So you got you got Blessed Thomas, you've got Cash Daniels, you've got Cooper Zachary. They are all three probably. Well, Cooper's gonna start probably start at Fishers now that Harrelson's gone. He did not start in June. Um and as much as Jalen acted as a primary ball handler for them, obviously that role is now has a void um, not to say that they don't have other guys who could fill that role, but it seems like Cooper would be the guy that would do that. Um, I think the Thomas kid and, and Daniels both will probably get a chance to at least dress varsity. I don't know how Teague's going to play it at Pike. They, they did some stuff in June where they purposefully went young. And I don't know outside of um, outside of Caskey, how great their upperclassmen are. Um, so you might see Pike take a year of lumps just to get these guys some experience, but he would be a good place. Blessed Thomas would be a good place to start. Now there's a lot of bodies in front of cash at cathedral, mm-hmm. um, but, but a lot of, but they're also seniors. So he would have one year of, of um, apprenticeship, so to speak probably will get most of his minutes at the JV level. Um, kid, I liked uh, stick on the guard front, and I got a point here, I guess, because you've already mentioned Cross, Jake Grissom from Garen Catholic, thought was uh, had a really nice day. Um, and then um, and the kind of guy I think a lot of us already know much, a little bit about Harper Baker Lance from Plainfield. You know, him and Grissom and Cross, those are – Baker Lands, Grissom, and Cross are all three taller point guards. And, and what is being what is looking like the strength of this class is at the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to play around with it at that level, not necessarily level, but that at that style of thinking yet. Um, yeah, I would say it's it's pretty guard heavy. I would say. Because once you leave it, your main concern becomes any of these guys IU, you know, any of these guys IU prospects. I don't, I don't know that yet. 
Um, None right now in the 2027 class. I mean, you've got Hunter. I need to organize these. Brandon Hunter from Silver Creek, who his his father was, was used to be a head coach, I think, at Henryville. He's now at Silver or the son is now at Silver Creek, and I think his dad is an assistant there um on staff. But he was one of the better guards. And then Oh man, hold on a second. How about if we just go to my database? That'd be better. Where I have yeah. freaking names with schools instead of names with ID numbers. <laughs> database um, is never wrong. Yeah, a guard from Zionsville that I liked a lot. Um, is 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 Camden Moore. There we go. I mean, those are bigger guards. Cam Moore looks a lot like Logan Imes at that age. And then other, another point guard, you've got Tyvon Alexander from Liberty Christian. Liberty Christian has got three of these dudes. Tyvon Alexander, Kendrick Martin, and Tawain Fuller. Cooper Zachary, for those who don't know, is the nephew of Randy Zachary, who was a 1993 Indiana All-Star. Taiwan Fuller, Taiwan Fuller at Liberty Christian is also the nephew of an Anderson legendary guard or legendary Anderson guard, Kojak Fuller. Again, the same class as as um, Randy Zachary, class in 1993. That's back when Anderson was pumping out serious amounts of talent. And um, all three of those guards from Liberty Christian I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they all play together. Might be the way to say it. Mm-hmm. Norman Anderson is the first-year head coach there. I'm sure he'll get it figured out. Uh, but that's a talented trio of guards that they've got. Three of the top three of the top guards in that class that I've seen so far. Are they all going to play right away, you think? Varsity level? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? I mean, why not? I mean, I don't know. I mean... They had a couple of – did I see them play earlier this year? I can't remember if I've got their roster. They had a couple of – I thought they had a junior that was pretty good. Um, I don't have their roster. Shoot, I don't know when I would have seen it. When I saw them play, i got, I got to think about this now. But they've got – I believe they've got a junior – that um that has a chance but for the most part I mean those three kids are pretty good and I was super impressed with the vision and disposition on the floor of of uh Tyvon Alexander now again he's tiny he and Fuller are both tiny I've got them at 5'8 I think I'm going to give them 5'8 just to see where they are at the end of the school year school season Kendrick Martin's a little bigger, six feet. Trying to get that Liberty Christian kid's name if I've got it. I don't have it. I don't. I, yeah, so, I don't. So maybe he was a senior. I'm not thinking of Troutman. Um, we had another guard. Oh, well. Um, something I'll need to work on. But yeah, for me, the strength of the class was, of the workout, was were those guards. There's just a, there was just a lot of them. I mean... I've got 120 point guards. 
wow. at that at that <laughs> camp. At, all 100 and, at 179 kids, uh, or 180 kids, we said before we hit record, 120 of them are probably point guards. Don't they? Don't they all start as point guards when they become freshmen? Don't you think? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to trying to shave some of it off. Um, it's hard though because you don't know which ones are going to grow. You just don't know. So you know, a lot of them are locked in as a quote unquote point guard, but you know. You know, eventually, most of them, I would say, are going to venture out. Well, there's some pretty small two guards here, too. There are some small. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this right now. It seems like the freshmen get smaller and smaller every year to me. Well, yeah. I guess if you uh, – when they started opening it up to just anybody could sign up for it, that's what you get out of that. You know, it broadens the base, but – you know, a lot of those extra kids, it's it's kind of the same stuff as the fall league. You get a lot of kids you don't know who don't have size, and it's tough to put them – it's tough to create those teams, you know, yep. um, which is why we don't have middle school individual entries because it's the, – the, the two years we had it, it just was – the quality control was bad. And it was – and that's – and that's – a lot of that's on me. You know, I don't know who those guys are, and – you know, you just try to team them up as best you can, try to give them a little bit of size, and it's it's tough. But a um, couple of interesting – go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say, you know, if we want to, uh, you know, go away from the small size, did you get to see Ben Lai from uh, Rebuff, um, 6'9 freshman? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he was impressive. Uh, unfortunately, a Carmel kid. <laughs> Lost another one, didn't you? I mean, at some point, some of this stuff has to be on middle school coaches, you know, and, and I know that my time, they've got a lot more coordination between the high school and the middle school than they ever did. Um, so maybe some of that is just, you know, perception, stuff like that. But there used to be a time when the middle school coaches were specifically told by the ADs that this is not Carmel High School. You guys do what you want. You guys cut. You don't have to listen to anybody. I mean, I think a lot of that has kind of eroded. But, you know, I went and watched him play a game because he's a Carmel kid. I don't spend a lot of time at middle school games unless I'm coaching, putting a team together in that age group. Um, and he did start the game I went to. But just a lot of in and out, and, and the development that he's had since then is is pretty impressive. He was good. He's six nine, and he plays like a. He was carving out space and trying to be big, and he's thin. He's got a lot of bulking up to do, but but yeah, he was one of the top three or four guys there, without question. Yeah, one of the better long term prospects, I would say, in that class. Definitely, fully agree. Um. Before we start getting to the to other top guys, two interesting names were at the camp. One was Reed Mellencamp from Seymour. Goes to Trinity Lutheran High School, which is in Seymour. Got to be related to John has, Mellencamp. Right. Has to be. Has, has to be. We got to get that confirmed. And he was okay. He was pretty good. <laughs> Definitely gave him a name, a need to know marking. 
we broke this stuff down into zeros, ones, and twos. He got a, he definitely got a one. And then Ashante Jones from Fort Wayne Bishop Lures. His father, of course, is he's he's a junior. Ashante, I don't know if Ashante's is a senior. Like there's senior and junior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not like he's yeah. a junior in high school, but but for those that may remember Ashante Jones, especially from the Fort Wayne area, otherwise known as Bear Jones. Uh, it makes me feel old that he has a kid. He wasn't he wasn't in high school all that long ago. And he was there um you know doing some not not doing some, not overly coaching from the stands, but he was definitely uh throwing a throwing a hint every now and then. And uh, his son is um Got it. He's he did well. He played hard and he rebounded pretty well. I don't know how much bigger he's going to get. His Bears six four. Uh, this Ashante Junior is six one so far. At least that's what he's listed at. Um, but still cool to see names like that. Although, of course, in this case, it makes me just makes me feel older. So I'm not there yet. <laughs> You're not there. Kids are kids. Yeah, kids are kids to me still. Where do you got Harper Baker lands? What position? I don't think I got I don't think I got a chance to watch him. Oh, okay. I got him at the two right now. But only because he's six three. What uh what schools he go to? Plainfield. Plainfield. Definitely heard the name, but I don't think I got a chance to watch him. Yeah, he's nice. He was a nice player. Um other kids at that position that I thought stood out. Uh JJ Craig from Warren Central. Chase Edmondson from Burbuff. Um, he's got a, a twin brother. And I, and I thought Chase was the stronger of the two. Where do I got his brother? Do I got his brother. I got his brother at the point. And they're both about six foot, six one. Um, kid at Kokomo. Erevon Burks. I have to get with Peck and get the pronunciation of that name. At Kokomo was nice. He was he was good. Don't have a really great feel for what he does well yet, but he was the game he was in. He the game I got a chance to see him play. He was one of the better players. Brownsburg had a trio of guys. Brandon Day is one of them. Um, and then Elijah King at South Bend. I don't know that anybody's. He's certainly enrolled in a school. Nobody seems to know where he goes to school. Maybe Riley. That's where he was going to go before he moved down to Franklin. Um, but now he's back up at South Bend. He didn't have a high school listed in the roster. He did not, no. There was a few kids that were like that, I noticed. I think he yeah. He was the definitely the only the only one that I had that was part of the initial list. Moving down the three men, guys we think I think are project out at threes. Of course, we talked about Jalen Mitchell a little bit. He wasn't there though, but KJ Jones at Lawrence North, Blake Hammond at Terre Haute North, two other Carmel kids that transferred out. It's a rough class. I don't know what what the story was with some of that. Griffin Robish, Park Tudor, and this one made sense. Carter Moran's his brother, of course transferred to Garen last year. 
was part of their state finalist team. I think we all knew Carter was going to go to Garen. Um, another Fort Wayne kid there for Dominique to take a look at, Mac Walker. Um, starting to get to the bigger guys. Peyton Miamba at Penn. Keetron Pascal from Fort Wayne Snyder. Um, Braylon Pippins at Avon. And then only had three centers. Jackson Gordon at Brownsburg, whose sister's as tall as he is. He's so he's probably got some more growing to do. Six six. Ben Lai from Burbuff, who you brought up, and then Macaulay Price from Penn. Any of those names stand out a little bit? I know we're gonna I know one I'm gonna focus on, but I mean for me right now, no. I mean, it's just because they're freshmen. Uh, yeah. So I just can't. It's just hard for me to just fully be invested into, like, their projection as a player right now um, just because they're young. But, like, the more and more I see them and everything, I'll have a lot more stronger opinions on them. Who was, who was the best player you saw there? Best player, I'm going to give it up to Blessed Thomas. Blessed Thomas guy. from Pike. He is my guy. Um, he was one of the kids that I had the eval. I forgot what team he was on. Um, but uh, he instantly just stood out to me. I mean, he had the best performance. I would say in the game I watched, he at least had like some, like 20-something points. Um, you know, consistently breaking down the defense. You know, has a real tight handle, real explosive. Can shoot it a little bit, um, but he's really good at creating opportunities. The only issue with him right now is I think the ball sticks with him way too much. Um, but those type of camps, you know, if you're right. a dominant on ball guard and you're just, you know, you haven't developed mentally yet as a player, um, the ball is going to stick to you and you're going to try to get, you know, yours, you're going to try to get yours. But, um, I think he's going to develop really well under Jeff Teague at Pike. Um, you know, I didn't know him going into the, you know, going into that Sunday or whatever, but I came out so impressed with him. So he's mm -hmm. definitely my guy. Who had the highest up? Who has the highest upside? You think out of all the freshmen? Yeah, and, and probably just of the ones you saw. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you have a feel for any of them, besides that, I, I should, I shouldn't. I don't mean, yeah. Don't limit yourself to just the ones you saw for this for any question. But, but I mean, in terms of, I'm assuming you, it's somebody you've seen, to, you know, yeah. somewhere. I think the highest upside going back, I, I think it's Isaiah Hill. You know, that could just be that I've watched. Oh, I've been at the, I guess I did mean at the oh, camp. At the camp. Okay. My bad. Um, well, then at the camp, then I am going to go with Blessed Thomas. I, only, yeah. I think I am going to go with him. Um, a lot of upside with him. He's just got to develop a little bit more. I, I think he's going to be a lead guard long term. Um, as long as he can get away from the ball sticking to him too much. Um, yeah. And just working on continuing to create opportunities for his teammates and stuff. Um, I think he's got a really, really high potential. Best player I saw there. I'm going to cheat. I guess since you said blessed, I guess I'll go with cash. All right. That's a good one. Only, I mean, only because, I mean, a main reason is I like his vision. Again, I didn't see, we, we, we've talked a lot about Cooper Zachary. We're going to talk a lot about him more this year, especially as we get into the school season and, you know, we break down games and, you know, I'm sure we'll some of it, I'm sure we'll see Fishers along the way. There'll be a lot of Cooper Zachary discussion. 
but I didn't see him play at the camp. So I myself am not. I was really impressed with Cash's vision. Um, I think that, again, I mentioned the, the matchup between him and Blessed. I thought that was an outstanding, outstanding, outstanding basketball game. I thought that was an outstanding competition. I, I do think they got a little one-on-one-ish going there at, at some points. So maybe some of the other kids didn't like maybe – you know, some of that action, but at the same time, they both are so talented that, you know, that it was hard to ignore. I think that, and again, we talked a lot about Ben, Ben Lai and how, how good we thought he was. I, to me, then to answer the question of who had the highest ceiling, I'm going Peyton Miamba at Penn. Heard good things about him. I mean, I mean, he might be he might be worth a number one kid in that class, even with Mitchell. Interesting. He's not there yet. Like he's not as good as he's not going to be as impactful. I mean, Mitchell's going to make an impact for Evansville Rights this year. Um Miyamba's probably going to get some of his minutes at the JV level. There's some things that he did in that camp that I don't think he's going to be able to do in school games just yet. I don't think he's he's six, five, by the way, he was six foot five inch forward from Penn. I don't think he's going to be able to weave his way through traffic and have varsity players bounce off of him. Like he did in this camp. (laughs) Some of it was weaving, some of it was people bouncing off of him, but super impressed with his skill and the direction that it's going. And, and I'm trying to think who it reminded me of. Like you can tell his coordination's not all there yet. He looks a little rickety bodies flying all everywhere, arms and legs flying everywhere. <laughs> well, he's, but he's got a great touch. Like his hand, he's got a great feel around the basket to finish. Um, I really want to watch Mitchell play a school game, so that's going to happen at some point this year. I assume when Wrights plays Memorial, it might be an excuse for me to drive down there. Um, I don't think I, I don't know if we'll go down there when they're playing those out of state teams like they have the last few years, but um. Yeah, Peyton Miamba was pretty impressive and just it's sort of enticing. Um it's it's kind of like the what's the hold on a second. It's kind of like um there's a reference. I, I'm trying to think of a it's it's not a magic box, but it's um it's a shoot, shoot, shoot. Not sure what's in it. Not Pandora's box, is it? No, not not Pandora's box. Mystery box. Mystery it's, a, box. it's like a mystery box. You don't know what's in there. You know, it's like the the it could be someone hands you a million bucks or this box. What yep. do you take? The box or the million bucks? There there might be two million bucks in the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
So in some ways, the mystery box is more enticing than the than the million dollars. I might take a million dollars, by the way. But yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. But if someone says, "Here's a hundred, or here's this box," you know, the op, you know, it's it's no different than the the game show. Let's make a deal. Um, for those of you who ever were old enough to watch that show, but but he's he's got a lot of that mystery box in him, and it's it's not that he doesn't have a, a foundation. I think he's got a very high floor as well as ceiling. Um, but yeah, I I liked him at the camp. I liked him a lot because that's a kid I didn't know much about. Now I do, and I'm anxious to see how much varsity time he gets this year. Um, I know at some point we'll have a podcast where we talk about freshmen um, who are making an impact at the varsity level. Um, I know at some point that that podcast is going to be had. I think we've done that every year. Um, but you know, I I just I really liked him. Um, and then I think Ben lies right there too, as far as potential. So I am worried about how the these small guards though. Gotta grow. Gotta get them to grow. Yeah. There's just and they're so from the neck up, they're all pretty good. I mean, Taven Alexander, that kid just plays his own speed. And it's whatever, and he's quick enough. It's whatever speed he wants. I forget which one of these other guards he played against. Um, but he was wholly unbothered, <laughs> unbothered by any of it. And he didn't necessarily dominate the game. Um, but he wasn't pressured to do anything that he didn't want to do. So, anyway, what, um, so you wrote an article, what, so what did you do for, you wrote some stuff for prep hoops on this event, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. So, what we got is, I think there was 20 total teams, every mm -hmm. single team, every single kid, we have an eval for, and we've split them all up in the 20 different articles, and Brandon wrote a couple of other ones. There might be still more on the way. I don't know for sure, but he's got game changers. He's got one that's top performers. Um, we've got a ton of content, but um, go to prep hoops, um, indiana.com, um, have a single eval, every single eval, all the kids that were there um, is it's on the website. So um, they got showcased in some form or way. Um, but yeah, all that's at prep hoops and everything. You, everyone can go check that out. We've got 64 evals for this site on, on kids there. And those are mostly for college coaches, but I would say at this level, they're not going to pay attention to any of it because no. they're freshmen. A lot of them were just two words too. So in fairness, it's hard to evaluate a kid when you can only watch one half of a 20 minute or one, one 20 minute running clock half. Yeah. But it was still good to see him. I it's a, like you said, it's a good good chance to make a base get a baseline on these kids. So, all right, well that'll wrap that'll wrap up this segment. I don't know. We again, we're recording various segments. This might be the end of the podcast, or this might be the end. This is probably going to be the end of the podcast. I think no matter what happens, this will be the last segment of the podcast if we have something sooner. So, Kyler, appreciate your time. Next week, I think we'll start getting back into more normal scheduling. We're going to start focusing on the upcoming school season. 
Um, if we come dry on some top, come up dry on some topics, we will uh, probably throw in some more coaching stuff too, coaching stuff. But other than that, man, thanks for ha- thanks for coming on. Yep, no problem.